to another Sunday morning where we can worship God and give him praise, give him the glory that he so richly deserves, and we are so thankful to be able to be in the sanctuary this morning to worship our God in spirit and in truth. And we also want to welcome you by live stream, those of you who are viewing at home. We're delighted to be able to come into your home, maybe on your patio next to the pool, wherever you are, we're delighted to be able to come into your presence and worship God together and just give him praise and glory that he so richly deserves none like our God. And let's just give our praise team a round of applause. I want to give them, our band and everyone around the applause for an excellent, excellent job for always ushering us into the presence of God through song. Just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We want to thank Terrica, want to thank Gary, Sammy, and Sharonda, and just everyone who does such a wonderful job have been so faithful. We just give God praise for the medium of praise and song, and we thank God that we can sing uh, praises to him, some better than others, and we like to let those who can do, and those of us just kind of hum in the background, amen, and so we give God praise. Impact, I got a couple things I want to bring to your attention, I want to remind you, please do not forget uh, next Sunday, September the 6th, we are open, we want you to come, uh, we would love for you to be able to go online, if you would please go online and kind of register, we want to get your names, for those who want to attend the service, you're more than welcome to do it, but we want to make sure we get your name so we can just track. Once you do it one time, you won't have to do it again. We'll have you in the system, and we can go from there. And also next week on September the 6th, our Zoom class will begin at 9.30, uh, and we will also have some co-ed in person, both class in person. We're going to do both, so you're more than welcome to participate with that as well. And uh, don't forget, Tuesday, Tuesday, our Bible study will change from Wednesday to Tuesday. So we want to make certain that everyone is aware of that as well. And we will also be at what time next week? 8.30. And thank you, 8.30 and 10.30. 8.30 and 10.30. We don't want to miss it. And so we want to make sure we bring that to your attention. Uh, so next we're going to shift back to our regular schedule of time. And I'm excited about it. I just give God praise for his faithfulness. God has been just gracious to us. He's been merciful, compassionate, and kind. And he is so worthy of all of our praise, and we give him the glory. Today we're going to be in John chapter 10. I know you have your Bibles. If you're at home, wherever you are, John chapter 10, uh, turn there with me. Uh, we are continuing our series, Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And we've been looking at, biblically, who is Jesus, according to the Bible. And we want to continue that today, and we're looking in John uh, chapter 10, as Jesus proclaims that he is the door. He's already told us who he was uh, in two areas, but now we're working on the third. And so we want to see him as the door. And so we're going to look in John chapter 10. As always, we ask that you text, tweet, or post something from the service. Text, tweet, or post something from the service. Let someone know, hey, I was at 5401 Shadow Band Place, the Willis, Texas. Uh, that's where we are. Or you can tell them you're online. And if you're online, I want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us. Uh, follow us so you can stay connected with our ministry and we're so thankful for that but we're going to be in John chapter 10 this morning uh, part 3 looking at who is Jesus I'm going to ask you to please stand as we read a few verses out of John chapter 10 uh, beginning at verse 1 John chapter 10 beginning at verse 1 and we stand out of reverence for the reading of God's word we think God's word is the inspired, the authoritative, uh, infallible, and errant word of God that God has given us for holy living to guide us. And so we're going to read a few verses out of chapter 10. Starting at verse 1. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he put forth all his own, I'm sorry, let me read that again. When he put forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastures. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. You may be seated. Lord God, we thank you that you are truly our God and master and king. We thank you that you have come to give us abundant life. And we're delighted to have that life and we're delighted that we can walk in it with all freedom. So today, Lord God, as we look into your word, would you please guide us? Would you please direct us? And Lord God, for whatever you do, we will be certain to give you praise, certain to give you the glory, and certain to give you the honor. We love you. We ask God in the mighty majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Doors have been built over so many years, so many centuries. Different types of doors. Doors that slide up. Doors that fold outward, fold inward. Doors have been constructed in various ways. But if you look in our modern context, especially here in the United States of America, you know two distinct types of doors. If you look at office buildings, office building doors always swing outward. They are constructed on the hinges. Hinges usually somehow conceal But nevertheless, those doors have been designed to swing outward. The doors swing outward for security measures. The doors swing outward to secure and protect those who are within. So in the event of a fire or some type of catastrophe and they need to rush out in large numbers, they can bump the doors and keep going so the doors would swing outward to secure their lives, to protect them from the danger that could potentially be within. But when you look at doors on your home, they are just the reverse. The doors on your home have the hinges as well, simple hinges, basic hinges, but they're on the inside and the door swings inward instead of outward on your home to provide security for the person who is within the home. And it protects them from those who are without from coming within. And so it swings inward to protect those who are inside. So nobody can just simply take the door off the hinges. 
and have access to the inside of your home. Both ways, whether swinging outward or inward, the door has been designed to provide security for those in the house. And it is that imagery that the Bible uses oftentimes to talk about our Lord and access to him. The Bible often uses the imagery of a door, and when it uses the imagery of the door, it talks about the basic function of a door. The function of the door is to open and to close. And when the Bible talks about that, it is referencing how that God closed doors sometimes in order to secure us. But in the same way, he also opened doors in order to bless us. But both, whether closed or open, God secures us just like a door. John chapter 10 is a beautiful text. And I like this. Because it is in John chapter 10 where Jesus contrasts himself with and against, if you will, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees. These religious leaders had been described as false doors by Jesus Christ. They were supposed to be the ones who protect the sheep. And he's borrowing from the shepherding imagery here, but they were a false door. They were not securing the sheep. And so Jesus comes here in John chapter 10 and he says, I am the door. Jesus says, I am the true door. He said, these others, they are thieves, they're robbers, they are a false door, they can't secure you. He said, but let me tell you something, there is one that stands before you. He said, and when you are closed in, when you go out, he said, either way, whether closed or shut, he says, I am the true door. I love this text. Y'all stay with me this morning, just for a few minutes. Stay with me because I want to show you something. You can't appreciate John chapter 10 if you really haven't read John chapter 9. Last week we were in John chapter 9 and we saw how Jesus talked about he was the light of the world. Before that, we were in John 6 and we talked with Saul that Jesus was the bread of life. He says, I'm the bread. He says, I'm the light. And when he talks about the light in chapter 9, he's going to transition and talk about being the door in 10. Stay with me. Stay with me. Here it is. In 9, he gives sight to a man who is blind. Man been born blind. Jesus is going to give this man sight physical sight, but also Jesus gives him spiritual sight. Jesus does this miraculous sign of giving this man sight and you would think everyone would be shouting and giving praise. You would think they would be saying that Jesus is truly the Messiah, the promised one. The one the prophets had talked about, Moses and all of the prophets, but instead they questioned the man and ask him, who really made you have sight? Who are they, scribes, the Pharisees, these religious leaders, who should be the true door? But instead, they are putting a stumbling block before the man who was born blind. 
Now he's received sight and they are angry because the man received sight from Jesus Christ. When you get to chapter 10, Jesus explains they are angry because they are nothing more than thieves and robbers. The reason why they are not celebrating the coming of Jesus Christ, the miracle that he's doing, the signs and one is because they are thieves and robbers. They have come to destroy. But Jesus says he is the door and Jesus has come not to destroy. He has come so that they could have life and have it more abundantly. Point number one, you got to see Jesus is the closed door who secures the sheep. Two things we're going to see here. First of all, he's the closed door, but he also is the open door. But the first thing I want you to see is he is the closed door who secures the sheep. The imagery is borrowed from something that was very familiar to those who were in Jesus setting in his context. Sheep were all around. The people were quite acquainted with sheep and sheep life. And Jesus borrows from the imagery of a shepherd who cares for his sheep, who takes them and watches over them. And he borrows something that is so visible and tangible that they could see and they could quickly internalize. Jesus tells him, he says, I'm the door. And he's talking about the door to the sheep gate. You have to understand Sheep were housed in some type of confinement or an area that had borders, some type of walls, maybe brick, where they could be housed in. And so what would happen is at the end of the day, after the sheep were, were taken to this little fencing or gate, the shepherd would oftentimes lay down at the entrance of the gate, one way in, one way out. If you've ever been into a place where there's one way in, one way out, you know what I'm talking about. Just nod your head if you know what I mean. So here it is. The sheepfold is, has just one entrance. And oftentimes the shepherd would lay down at the entrance to secure the sheep. He was laying there to ensure that no one could get into the sheep. No animals, no people could come steal the sheep. And if they were to try to steal, they would have to come over the walls to get in and it would disturb them. But he was there to provide security for the sheep. Very important. And he's saying, I am like a door. He said, I stand there to provide security. He says, I am the door to the sheep gate. He said, and once the sheep are in my fold, he says, no one can get to my sheep. That's what he's trying to explain here. Jesus is letting us know that he is the security for the sheep. If you are a sheep this morning, I want to assure you and let you know something, that you have Jesus Christ as your door, and he is there to secure you from danger from without and from danger from within. He is a door that secures. So why are you saying that? Because we are in a time and we are in a season where there is a lot of insecure feelings about people. I want you to hear me this morning. If you continue to read the newspaper and you look around our world, there is this constant, I mean, incessant 
desire to put fear into the hearts and minds of Americans and people across the world. There's no way we can overcome the COVID, some say. They want to make us completely fearful about every aspect of life. The economic downturn, we will not bounce back from it. They want to make us think that politically everything is lost and, and the world won't make it at the rate that it's going. We want us to believe that every police is trying to abuse and beat and bruise. The world want to make us believe that white, black, Hispanic, Asian, that we can't get along. That there must be anger, there must be gridlock. That we have to steal, we have to rob and pillage from one another. That we can't trust. There are those who want to make us feel insecure in every aspect of our lives. There are those who want to make us believe that God is still not on the throne, that he doesn't love us, that he can't save us, that he can't protect us, that he can't keep us, that he's not sufficient for us. There are those who want you to be fearful on every hand. And the enemy used every opportunity to keep sending images occasions that pervade our mind to make us fearful. And I want to let you know that Jesus Christ has come and he's told us, he says, I'm your door. He says, ADT can't protect you. He said, there is no military force there's no security guard. He says, I am your true security. And we can't allow the world to keep causing us to walk in this fear. If you believe that, say amen. Because let me tell you something. That is the attempt of the enemy to make us to walk in fear. And Jesus Christ he has come here to give us security. Two things, two primary areas where this security exists. And I want to begin at the basic because I believe at the core of the primary thing that Jesus is talking about here is salvation. I'm convinced the core that Jesus is talking about here when he says that I am the true door that secures you. He's talking about our eternal destination that he has come to die on Calvary's cross to secure, to procure our salvation, that we don't have to worry about anything that we know that we step out of time into eternity, we will be in his presence forevermore. Anybody believe that and know that this morning? Here it is. Our salvation. He has already procured our salvation. Are you with me? He says, my sheep hear my voice. They know my name. He says, nobody can pluck them out of my hand. Look in John. 
He tells, he says, nobody can pluck them. He said, they are mine. He lets us know that our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. Nobody can go and erase it. Nobody can blot it out. Our names have been written and it is a permanent mark. Jesus is letting us know here with the security of the door. He's talking about that he has procured our salvation. And I hope you know it because there are so many people who are fearful and fretting and worried about their salvation. But if you have truly placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you have trust in the atoning work of Jesus Christ, if you believe that he is your substitute, there should be no fear. There should be joy. There should be delight in knowing that the Lord has secured you because he is the door. But there's another aspect of this securing that he does he secures us not only in salvation but also in sanctification he secures us in sanctification salvation is a done, it is a done deal there are so many who want to make you believe that you can lose it but let me tell you something at what point would i lose it would a lie make me lose my salvation would murder make me lose salvation would suicide make me lose salvation? Would doubting make me lose my salvation? Would quitting on the Lord make me lose my salvation? Would doubting him make me lose my salvation? Would discouragement make me lose my salvation? What is it that would do it? It is in sanctification after we've been saved, that we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But after we've been saved, there is the work that has to be done that ensures and reminds us, that confirms our salvation. I hope you hear me this morning. Stay with me. Stay with me. And that is what Jesus is trying to communicate. Jesus is the closed door that secures the sheep and he secures us in salvation, also in sanctification. And he keeps us in those moments where life seems so uncertain. Jesus Christ lets us know that in sanctification, there will be moments when we will fail. But I like what Proverbs 24, 16, she says, for a righteous man falls seven times. But he rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. See, though we fall as righteous people, the thing we recognize is, though we fall, we will get back up again. Why will we get back up? Because we have a righteous redeemer. We have a door that secures us, that reaches down and lifts us up out of the muck and mire of life. Anybody glad that the Lord is there to get us up when we fall? See, none of you never fall, so you all can relate to it. But for those of us who have fallen and felt like we couldn't get back up, oh, God is there to lift us up and to raise us and put us on the solid rock. That's why in John 10, 28, through 29, he says, I give eternal life to them and they would never perish. No one would snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. We are in the hand of the father. And no one can reach in and take us out. Our Lord has secured us. And I guarantee you somebody watching live stream, somebody in the sanctuary, this week you had a moment, you had an instant where you might have stumbled, you might have failed. 
And the enemy came in and he was saying, see, I told you you never were saved. I know you weren't committed. You're a hypocrite. You're false. You're not true. And you have to be reminded that the steps, Psalms 23, 26, of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. See, although you are righteous, it does not mean that you can't stumble and fall. And see, Jesus has secured us in our salvation. He secures and keeps us in sanctification. So when we find ourselves stumbling and falling, he is there to steady us and to put us back on the right path. Here in John, Jesus says, the problem is you Pharisees, you religious leaders, he says, you are nothing but thieves and robbers. The analogy he used here is so interesting and intriguing to me. Because it's basically somebody who wants to slaughter. It's the imagery of someone who would take the animals, who would take the sheep, and they just would slaughter, kill them. He says that is the desire of the ones who are coming into the fold, not through the prescribed method, through the door. And I want you to understand something. Please know this, that Satan, our arch enemy, the one who hates us, he infiltrate the minds of individuals who want to slaughter the sheep of the Lord, want to completely destroy us and obliterate us if given the opportunity. But I'm so glad we have a door that secures us and keeps us and protects us at all times. And I'm convinced that he also secures not only us physically, but he secures us also in our minds to know that he's with us. Here it is. It's so important that you see it. Jesus Christ does the securing for us in our salvation and in our sanctification. He keeps us. Because it is in our sanctification sometimes in this journey that we need someone to keep us, to keep the door closed, to protect us from certain things. And that is who the Lord is. So oftentimes we are reaching and trying to go through doors and we are wondering, why is the door closed? Why can't I get access? It is because the Lord has closed the door. And sometimes it is not until the future that we realize that was the best thing that God ever did for us. Anybody glad for closed doors? Anybody glad for doors that did not open? Because there were certain doors that we wanted open that it was just not the appropriate time for that door to open. It was not. If you were making the salary you make now at 19, man, could you imagine the access, the opportunity at 21? God has seasons when he opened doors, and so there are times where he have to keep doors closed. Your children, you can't give them the keys to the cars at 10. Because it's not the season. That door must remain closed. Because it is not the appropriate time. And so often what God does is he closed doors to secure the sheep from the very things that we don't even know that are lying out there and lurking that are dangerous to us. So that's what Jesus does for us. He secures the sheep, but I like also the fact that he speaks to the sheep. Jesus speaks to the sheep and he says that the sheep hear his voice. He calls 
his own sheep by name and leaves them out. I love that. Because it gives the idea and the imagery that there is a level of intimacy. There is a level of presence. There is a level of familiarity. He has to be right there with the sheep in order to call them by name and to know them personally. As I was doing the study, I read some articles and it was talking about how a lot of the shepherds would have an individual name for their sheep. That means that they're so acquainted with them, they knew them by name. And I'm convinced that Jesus being the door who was there at the gate, he knew who came in and out of his gate. And so he could call the sheep by name. Anybody glad that we have a shepherd? Oh, man. A Lord, a God. Who calls us by name? I mean, calls us, knows our very name. That's why the song was so beautiful. It said, he knows my name. I mean, right where we are, he knows us individually by name. It's because he's the door who is there, who sees us as we come out and as we go in. Jesus knows us by name. You search out, you know, go back and look through your Bible. You will see that he calls us by name and especially in those moments when we find ourselves in difficult situations. When Abraham was on the mountain, he was ready to sacrifice Isaac. He said, Abraham, Abraham. He called him by name. There have been times that we might have not heard it audibly, but we could hear the Lord calling us by name, calling us out of darkness into his marvelous light, just like he called. He says, Saul, Saul, why do you kick? Why is that so important? Because name indicates a level of intimacy and personal affection that he calls us by. And he says, we is his sheep. We know his name. We hear his voice. We respond. I like that. And I'm convinced that many of you like it. Those looking at my live stream, you like the fact that the Lord knows your name. So he closed these doors to secure us, salvation-wise, sanctification-wise. He closed the door and keeps them in there. And he says, when it's time to go out, he says, I'm going to call them and they know my voice. They won't respond to anybody else's voice. The second thing I like about this text is also is this. Not only is he a closed door, Jesus is also an open door. Anybody know that Jesus knows how to open a door for you? He is an open door. He opens the doors to all the blessings. Because the sheep can't just stay in the fold. There is a time where they have to go out. And the time for them to go out, he calls his sheep by name and he takes them out. And the taking out of the sheepfold is symbolic of taking them out to be provided for, to bless them, to allow them to be nourished. But Jesus is the one who is the door who grants access to the blessing. So he opens now and allows the sheep to go out, but he lets them go out into a place of blessing. Jesus is the open door to all spiritual blessings. This is the thing we have to see. That once Jesus Christ saves us, once he has brought us into the fold, 
Not only does he secure us, he bless us, he speaks to us, but also he opens the door so that we can have all spiritual blessings. That's the glorious thing about our God, that he has already given us what he says here in John, the abundant life in Christ Jesus. Let me explain something to you. The blessings are there. The problem is oftentimes is that we refuse to open the door to the blessings that the Lord has. But the door is right there before us. He's provided it. But we have to open the door to the blessing. If you want to receive the blessings of the Lord, you have to be willing to open the door to those blessings. He's already secured it. He's already walking with you in sanctification. He's calling you by name, showing his presence, his intimacy. But the next thing is you have to access the blessings that are right there before you. And often the reasons why the blessings aren't accessed is because we are not walking by faith and trusting him like we should. Obediently. And Jesus said, I'm the door. He said, if you want to access those blessings, he says, come to me. He says, the blessings are there. They are for you. But you have to access those blessings. Let me tell you the number one reason why I'm convinced. that so many of us as saints don't receive the blessings at the level that we could of God. And it is because we allow ourselves to walk in condemnation. Stay with me. We are looking at life and we are looking, I don't believe I'm worthy, lies from the enemy. I have failed. I have fallen short. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. But my Bible tells me, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He tells me in Romans, in chapter 8, verse 1, there is no condemnation. And because God has already secured it for us, he calls my name. He has an open door of blessings for me, but I have to walk through the door of the blessings. He is the door. The door goes through Jesus Christ, and you and I have to walk through obediently if we want to be the recipients of those blessings. And that's why he says, Psalms 37, 24, though he falls, who is he fall? The righteous, the sadiq in the Hebrew. Be utterly cast down for the Lord uphold him with his hand. He says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth. His seed is blessed. He's talking about the righteous. See, some translations in Psalms 37, 23, they say a good man. I think it's a bad translation. Let me tell you why. If you look at Psalms 37, Psalms 37 is talking about the righteous versus the wicked. Okay? And he is comparing the righteous and the wicked throughout that Psalms. When you get to verse 23 in Psalms 37, he doesn't use the word good, tov, or sadiq when he referenced the man. He leaves it blank. But the context suggests that he is talking about a righteous person. And he lets us know here that the steps of the righteous man is ordered by God. He delights in the righteous man ways. 
This righteousness that we have has been imparted to us by virtue of our relationship in Jesus Christ. God has imparted his righteousness and as a result of that righteousness, we are secure in our salvation. He is with us in our sanctification. He speaks to us and he opens up the doors of blessings as we walk obediently with him. Because I'm here to tell you, there are many times in life where you are going to see and you're going to feel, is God truly with me? Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist finds himself incarcerated. John the Baptist is there in jail and he hears through his disciples about all this Jesus is doing. And he says, ask him, is he the one or should we expect another? Peter, after Jesus Christ has been crucified on the cross, he's denied our Lord. He's feeling horrible. And Peter tells the other disciples, he said, I'm going back fishing. He said, I'm going fishing. Both had walked with the Lord, been with the Lord, but the circumstances of life made them question their commitment to God. Have you ever been there? Have you ever done things? Have you ever been in situations and circumstances where you question it? The blessings of the Lord were still right there, but they were questioning. First Kings chapter 18, Elijah has called down fire from heaven, defeated all the prophets, and Elijah is running and hiding in a cave. We cannot think we can stand on yesterday's victories. Each day requires new mercies from God to be able to stand and be reminded that God has secured our salvation. and There's no one who can keep us out of his hands. Our God has secured us. And there's no one that can snatch you out of his hand. That's what he said here in John chapter 10. The people didn't quite grasp what Jesus was saying. They didn't get it. And Jesus come back again and he used this statement, truly, truly, I say to you, he says, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me, they're thieves, they're robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. He says, I am the door of anyone enters through me. He will be saved and will go out and in, go in and out and find pastures. He said, you're going to find all the abundant blessings in me. He said, but you have to come through me. Jesus is defining. He becomes narrow in his thinking and ideology. And he wants us to be there because there are going to be those who can tell will tell you that there is security in other ways and there are other means to get to the Lord. But Jesus says. You got to come through the door. There are no other ways except through me. That is the other part of Jesus being the door. That you have to go through Jesus Christ. Saints, I want you to hear me as we're coming to a close in this today. Because we are in a season of life where the world is trying to make us have an eclectic approach 
to our faith. There are individuals who want us to believe that you can live anyway. You can believe anyway. You can teach anyway. You can talk anyway, and it does not impact your eternal destination. That we are all on the same path. We all believe the same God. We just have different means and modes and methods to get there. But according to my Bible, in John chapter 10, Jesus tells me, he says, I am the door, and if anybody enters in through me, Alone, emphatic statement that he makes here. He says, I am. No other is the door. He's saying this is the path for eternal life. Jesus is telling us who he is. He says, I am the access point to get to the Father. He says, I am the gateway to eternal life. He says there is no other path that one can take if they want security, if they want sanctification, if they want me to speak to them. He says there is no other way to receive the spiritual blessing unless you come through me. I am the door. Jesus says I'm the security. I'm the one who's here. But you got to come through me. Don't listen to our society because our society wants us to think that there are other ways. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. Our Lord is telling us clearly, I am the door. He is our security and there is no other. If you trust in the Lord, know that he is the security that will protect you. In fact, number two is so important. Every Christian has access through the door for spiritual blessings. But each believer must enter by faith. If you want to have access, you're going to have to enter through the door of Jesus Christ by faith if you want to be the recipient of these blessings. Why? Because the security is only found in Jesus Christ. These blessings are acquired through diligently working for the Lord, not for salvation as a result of your salvation. And because Jesus is the door we have entered in, he expects us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And I hope all of you here are listening to me and those by live stream are understanding what I'm saying. As a result of being saved and secure in Jesus Christ, he's our door. We should work even more diligently as a result of him procuring our salvation. The Golden Gate Bridge, beautiful bridge that connects San Francisco Bay to the Pacific Ocean. It's convenient construction on the bridge in 1933. Wasn't finished until 1937. Took all that time for them to build the bridge. But you have to remember the bridge is over 220 feet above the water. The towers on the bridge are 746 feet high. These are the towers. It is 8,981 feet long. Can you imagine? But the one thing that when people see the bridge and they look at it, 
the size, the height, the beauty. No one ever gives any consideration to how the bridge was constructed. No one ever think about who were the individuals that built this bridge. There was a story that was done and it noted that during the construction, the initial phases of the construction of the bridge, that they didn't have any type of safety devices while the men were working on that bridge. That they were working in a dangerous situation. I mean, there was no security measures put in place to protect them and they are at great heights and length over the water putting their lives at risk. And as a result of that, 23 men died working trying to construct the bridge. After those 23 men died, they decided that we're going to have to put in some safety measures. We got to do something to ensure the security, the protection of the individuals who are doing this work. And so what they did was they put a net under the areas where the men were working so that while they were working, they knew if they slipped, if they stumble, if they had a misstep, no matter what happened while they were working, that there was something there that was going to catch them when they fall. The article went on to say that after they put the security net under the area where they were working, production went up 25% and no one lost their lives because they knew that they could do the work and though they might slip, they might stumble, they might fall, that they had something that was going to catch them and going to keep them and secure them when they fall. Saints of God, let me tell you something this morning. As you are working for the Lord, are you striving for the Lord? As you are trying to do the will and the work of God, let me tell you something. When you slip, when you stumble, when you have a misstep, when you fall, there is someone there to catch you and to hold your hand when you fall. And you don't have to worry while you're working for the Lord because you have to know he is a door that secures you and he is there in your sanctification to catch you when you stumble and when you fall. No one can snatch you out of his hand. Why? Because he has already secured your destiny. Let me tell you something. God loves us. He loves you. And God has secured and procured our salvation. So when you stumble, you have to know that you have a door right there that has secured and protected you when you go out and when you come in. And there's no one can snatch you out of his hand. Our impact fact for today is this. I want you to see it. Enter through the door of Jesus Christ who offers spiritual blessings for the Christian in time and eternity. Oh, we got to go through the door, the right door. Don't listen, don't believe, don't buy into the lies of the world. Don't walk in the fear. And don't try to find another door. Our Lord 
is the door. and He is the one who has given us eternal life. If you're here or if you're watching us via live stream and you want to place your faith in Jesus Christ alone, you want to enter in through the door. The true door, not the false door. Jesus Christ is here for you today. If you want to place your faith and trust in the atoning work of Jesus Christ, his blood that covered your sins. If you want to receive the one who has been your substitute, who died in your place, one in the place of another, Mark 10, 45, he is here. If you're watching via live stream, click the link. If you want to unite with Impact Church, click the link. We want to be connected with you. If you're here today and you want to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, just step to the back. Our Lord is here and he desires to save. And if you just want prayer, just step to the back. We want to pray with you. We want to walk with you because we know our Lord is sufficient. He's able. He is the door that secures us for eternal life. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for today. And we thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your compassion, your kindness. Lord, guide us, sustain us, and keep us. And Lord God, for all that you do, we will give you the praise, we give you the glory, and we give you the honor. We love you. We ask it all in the mighty majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen.